Hey team, this is Zach Wetzel and Pat Daisy. Daisy. I got it right, maybe. But uh, we're uh, Coach and Mr. Coach. Uh, Pat's the coach with a level two CrossFit certification, and I'm Mr. Coach, fueled by bro science and figuring things out on my own that may or may not be true. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, 18.1. We're going to talk about preparing for the Open and uh, getting your mind right, getting your body right to uh, score well. We're also talking about the next five weeks of the gym's programming, kind of like the structure of the week, uh, what you could be expecting out of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday prior to the announcement on Wednesday night, as well as uh, what you should be doing prior to coming in on Monday. Uh, there is a lot more going on Monday night now with the Open having our, our main kind of event that Monday night. And if you're not sure the standards of the movement, you're not sure what the movements are prior to coming in, it's going to be a lot harder of a day for you. Yeah. yeah. So 18.1 uh, aired last night. We're recording this on Friday. Aired Thursday night. All of the Open workouts um, are televised or in streaming on the internet, Facebook Live, CrossFit.com, 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Uh, it's one of the few times our sport is is televised, and it's it's fun. Uh, the whole family, my whole family, sits around and watches and, and cheers on one of the two games athletes that compete with one another. Uh, Sam Briggs and Kristen Holtday um, competed last night, and uh, they're awesome, of course. But uh, the workout was eight toes bars, ten dumbbell cleans, hand cleans, hand cleans. And jerks. Shoulder to overhead, actually. Yeah, and then 12 and 14 calories on the rower. 14 for the guys and 12 for the ladies, yeah. yeah. And it's a 20-minute AMRAP. A long one. Which is the second longest in open history, as I found out watching the... I think somebody program. said that on the, the announcement last night. But yeah, it's kind of interesting having the, the 5K row the day before the 5K open workout for the most part. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, this uh, a lot of the folks on the broadcast t- talked about grip intensive. Grip intensive. It's all gripping. Yeah, I mean, I I did two rounds before we sat down, and it's a hard time to grip in that dumbbell for me, at least. That's that's the harder part. Toes to bar never been an issue, but uh, the the row is just going to be kind of that choice again. Like yesterday in the five k, we kept you guys at a. 24 strokes per minute which made it so that every stroke you had to pull hard you couldn't just kind of go through the motion expect to get a good time so out of that 5,000 meters you probably took 470 to 500 strokes and you had 470 to 500 times to choose whether or not you were going to stroke hard or not so this is the same thing again whether you're going to hold on to the dumbbell hang on to the toes to bar or you know, half-ass that road just to get through it because you're tired. It should be a good, uh, good little test for some people. Right. So for some people that will get a chance to listen to this before they do it on Monday, what are some quick tips that you've heard or seen uh, online? Well, it, it really kind of starts with your ability in the toes-to-bar. Uh, are you a good toes-to-bar you know, athlete, are you able to do that very well? Um, the standard that the games kind of goes with is you have to be able to hang from the bar that you're on. And I know we have a handful of athletes who can do a toes to bar, but they start 
with their hands on the bar and their feet still on the floor. And if you're not able to hang from that bar, that rep won't count. And so that's the step one. If you're able to string them together, the suggestions out there are to try to string them together a little bit more than you might want to. Um, even though you might be tired and everything like that, taking the extra seconds to break it up has been kind of overall been said not to be a good idea. Um, you know, now if you don't have great toes to bars, then you are, you know, set in the way that you have to do it, which is just getting it done, in which case split up it very, very early in this, this 20 minutes. If you know you're going to have to split it up, don't do your first round unbroken. It's not going to be your best interest there. Right. You don't want to go out too hot in this one. <laughs> 20 minutes, uh, just like a 5K. If you sprint the first 100, it's going to be a long 4,900 to go. Right. So kind of the next movement is the uh, hang snatch. And then, I'm sorry, the hang clean. Hang clean and shoulder to overhead. And I think what I realized is it is much easier to kettlebell swing the dumbbell than it is to actually clean the dumbbell. If right. you end up cleaning that, it, I don't know, it feels like it's more on my grip when I try to jump and shrug like I normally do versus if I send my hips back, send my hips forward aggressively, I can get it to my shoulder without having to do much. And it almost feels like a muscle clean. There's a little teeny bit of a power clean, but that's because I'm setting up the jerk that I'm about to do. Um, for me, on my left side, that 50-pound jerk is really challenging. It, it takes me a second. I have to stabilize and make sure I stand all the way up. And from seeing a few people practice it today, that's been the, the common thing I see a lot of is when you guys jerk, you, you, you jump and you dip again, you lock out your arm, but then you don't stand up before you bring the dumbbell back down. You have to make sure you stand all the way up, which means that dumbbell has to be locked out and stay locked out for, you know, a quarter of a second, if not a little bit longer. And if you have a weakness and stability overhead, that's going to show up real quick today or in the open workout on Monday. So kind of where that goes is the suggestion, again, is to not break them up if you don't have to. The uh, Sam Briggs. Every time. It's all, yeah. Sam Briggs got no repped a couple of times in the very beginning of her workout because when she would go to stand up to do her hang clean, she thought she was standing all the way up, but she actually wasn't opening her hip all the way up. And I can foresee that happening to a lot of us because it feels like you do stand up. If the dumbbell is in between your legs, you stand all the way up, it feels like you're standing all the way up, but your shoulders aren't over your hips and your shoulders need to be behind the dumbbell before you start your first hang clean. So that's another one of the rules that a little bit tricky. Another rule pitfall is people have been putting on the deadlift when you're bringing it up to your hang they're putting their elbow on their on their leg can't post in either spot whether on the way to the hang or after the hang and and pulling up which we've 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 been telling you guys not to touch yourselves in the gym for a while (laughs) now and um it's getting a little bit nasty (laughs) another tip i saw was uh from training think tank was in the different transitions for the hang clean and jerk is to try to loosen your grip when you get a chance. Yeah. And that's going to be tough at times, but if you can kind of, (laughs) I don't know, I've got, I haven't fooled with that. You have big hands, you have great grip. Uh, (laughs) I I have small hands and my grip sucks. So I tried to open my hand in the jerk aspect I get sketched out. Like maybe, maybe it's just something I gotta get over myself. But when I when I went to try to open my hand, it was just like, 
you want to die? Like, <laughs> you drop it on you're going to drop this on your head or foot, and then your open's over. So, I mean, yeah, that is a recommendation, especially if you're a stronger athlete with, with really strong shoulders. You're probably going to be push-pressing this. Uh, that That's definitely a really good suggestion. The, the reps aren't that great, which is which is nice for some of low, they're low. Yeah, they're not that, they're not that high. Yeah, five on each side. It just would have been, you know, like always, if we had been doing this for like the last year, it would have been cakewalk. <laughs> it's just kind of new, so right? So this is a new different. this is new movement, but it's relatively low skill. I mean, it, and yeah, it, it, it's with a lot of skills that we've already developed. So for athletes that are on the border of RX or scaled, you know, what's the philosophy with the open about maybe pushing yourself to to go RX, or you know, what's what's your thoughts about that? Is this the time of year to do it? Is it not? So I think there's two ways of thinking on it. Um, the the first way of thinking is if if you're an RX athlete, in the sense that you're you're normally in the RX division and everything like that, then yeah, you're you're an RX athlete in this. But if you're on that cusp, it now becomes how you identify in what this competition is to you, in the sense that RX and scaled in the CrossFit Open are divisions in the CrossFit Open. It's not like oh I had to scale the RX workout, so now I'm in this division. No, it's just overall, these are two separate divisions that you're in. And if you're in the scaled division, you are RXing the scaled workout in terms of how we utilize that vocab. Now, it does get confusing, and that's why they like to kind of differentiate between the two. But if you can do that hang clean and the jerk on your weaker arm, and you can do a toes-to-bar two-standard, then you probably should go after this particular workout as prescribed. If, you know, when you do this clean and jerk on your weaker arm and there's like an audible pop and you think your shoulder's going to dislocate, then, you know, maybe this isn't the best workout for you. If you know you have a hard time putting something overhead without bowing your spine, uh, doing that for 20 minutes is probably going to lead you to having a really messed up back and these things you have to start kind of looking at and weighing is it worth it is it worth it to you know do this sketchy movement for me if my back doesn't get in a good position anyway and i have to shorten the range of motion maybe you do go with the lighter load you do the scaled workout and you try to be competitive in the scaled workout meaning that you know instead of surviving a workout which you know if you're surviving you're not winning for sure in crossfit um if you go to the scale workout now you can actually be competitive you can actually game it like some of the rx athletes are like oh i need to make sure i need to get a round done every two minutes or two and a half minutes or whatever that is and you actually get to experience what it feels like to game or try to compete in a workout versus you know survive and complete a workout which yeah. is a whole different ball game so I want to step back just a, a little, a bit, little bit. We didn't talk, talk about rowing. Any, yeah, we did. Any, any tips on the rower? The the rower. There's a lot of different uh, things out there. You know, my initial feel is to fucking half-ass it. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I, I and feel I'm hearing the other from you. Way. That's not what I'm supposed to do, which makes me feel terrified for 20 well, minutes of well, this workout. Now, I think it's definitely when you get on it, you need to. Everyone's pace, saying get the fan yourself. wheel going. Yeah, you got to get go. You got to get going. But once you get it going, that's where you're gonna. I think you're gonna make your hay. I think you're gonna do much better if you can keep higher calorie per hour count. Uh, I think it's worth it in the end. 
I've done workouts in the past where they made you do a whole bunch of rowing right before toes to bar, and that normally makes the hip closing motion of the toes to bar much harder following the hip opening of the row. And so part of me gets nervous that if I go too hard in the row too early in the row, I'm going to make those toes to bars the hardest thing, which is going to make those cleans even harder, which is just going to make a circular which is great about Fail. open workout. Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, um, damper setting. Higher damper setting, lower damper setting. We're rowing for short calories. You know, because you have to get that fan wheel going so quickly, if you have a higher damper, it's going to make it harder to get that fan wheel going earlier or okay. faster. And since you're only going to be on it for 30 seconds to 45 seconds, depending on the speed in which you're rowing, maybe a little bit longer for some people. I don't know if having a higher damper is going to be in your best interest. Okay. But again, I haven't done the workout. I haven't seen many people do it. In the past, or lately at least, I've been rowing at around a, a five and a half. I rowed for a five and a half for the 5K, but I also rowed a five and a half for a 2K I did not too long ago. It's just that's where I'm at. I don't play with that too much. So I'm probably not the best. Uh, advisor yeah. on that aspect of the day the only I would thing say, i'll say about damper setting because uh, we had some yeah we had row, that rower instructor come into the gym yeah. one day and give us a little clinic is that was an interesting day um she, there's a setting in the concept two rowers where you can see your drag factor um and i've How set, do you get there do you know uh, options options more options, options another option <laughs> like that drag yeah. factor you play uh, with the options. Uh, so anyway, I, I try to keep it consistent with what whatever it is. So she said collegiate male rowers what, row at 135. I think highly of myself. I went I row at 135 for everything. And why is this drag factor different than the damper setting? The da- well, each unit is different. So each each, each, each rower? rower is different number of years that it's been yep. in service, the dust in the room. The amount of dust is a big one. Yeah. I think some people have been around where I've stuck my butt on your fan wheel and you can feel the, the tension just go away immediately because <laughs> my butt's on it. Yeah. Th- this is just if my butt was instead a lot of dust, that's <laughs> that's what that would do. So that damper, guys, is uh, it allows more or less air into the fan wheel. And if there's a lot of dust or debris kind of in the the metal sheathing around that fan that's going to change based on the rower what those dampers are actually producing so a five on one rower is different than a five on a different rower Uh, so when i say i row at a five and a half if i'm not rowing on the same rower i'm rowing at different five and halves it's not the same thing it's like you need to nerd out more didn't actually you know weigh the weights yeah, I mean, I'm just joking. All right, I, I do need to kind of brush up on that. I will say that. So um, let's talk about the next. Uh, what's upcoming in this week, or let's pre- yeah. prepping prepping for the open, right? Prepping so, for the next couple weeks. Over the next five weeks or so, the template of the programming changes. Uh, since I don't get to choose what we're doing on Monday anymore, because Castro gets to do that. Uh, we play catch up the rest of the week to try to get in a few more days of training before the next announcement comes out on Thursday night. So really the way that we're going to try to kind of make most of the weeks go is Monday you'll do the open. Tuesday will be another training day, another harder type workout, whether that's short, long, or medium is kind of up in the air. And what movements will be in there will be what I kind of feel 
or what I might be guessing are the movements that are left. So for instance, since we have dumbbell hang cleans and jerks, toes to bar and rowing, I'm going to feel confident saying we probably won't see those three movements again over the course of the next four workouts that are released. So we're going to kind of tape it taper back on how many toes to bar we've been doing because I think we've been doing toes to bar almost every week for right. the last six weeks. Some people will be happy about that. Others will be less happy as beach season's coming around. <laughs> but that's kind of where that goes. On Wednesday, we'll have our lifting day, you know, the day that we get to lift either a heavy clean or snatch or back squat or deadlift, something of that nature. Thursday will be either an EMOM or some type of active recovery type training day where we get to practice some more movements or at least try to recover to the best of our ability for whatever Thursday night ends up being. And then Friday, Friday is just kind of a, a fun day, hopefully. A lot of us are really focused on the open. So even though Friday has a programmed workout, you'll see people practicing more or less the workouts that are going to be, or the movements that are going to be in the workout uh, and starting to talk about strategy and maybe watching somebody else do that. So on Friday, it'll be either a partner wad or like a, uh, interval type workout or something that's a little bit more on the chill side. It'll be hard for those who are participating in it, but uh, not as complicated or time consuming as the coaches will sometimes be preoccupied with somebody participating in the open that day too. Right. All right. Um, so what Do about you have any questions on the week? No, I think that makes sense to me. You know, I like, I like thinking about eliminating each week, eliminating the movements. Yeah. You know, we're not going to, I, I doubt we'll see a we only have one-armed so snatch, much you know, because I, I think time. we're used to dumping. Yeah. But uh, I like, so anyway. You might see a lunge still. Might see a lunge. I think we're going to see Dumbbell might not be going away. I think we're going to see overhead walking lunge like we had. Like a double or a one? One. Just a single arm. Single walk, arm walking, walking lunge. lunge. Interesting. But I also think we're going to see um, handstand walks. Oh. Yeah. You think two new movements in one year? I think yeah, it would be th- three. I don't. We haven't had the overhead walking lunge. Well, we had a overhead walking lunge with the barbell. With the barbell, but not with the. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. But, yeah, you're right. I'm always right. Uh huh. <laughs> Mr. Coach. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, so. Prior to coming in on Monday, or really, like, the the way a lot, I, don't, I shouldn't say a lot, the way some of us kind of do the open workouts is we'll do them on Saturday or Friday and then uh, spend the weekend kind of watching and learning and, and revamping the strategy and then again try it on Monday if, if it's necessary and if, you know, your hands are still attached. Uh, but for a lot of us, we're only going to have one attempt on Monday. And so prior to coming in on Monday, especially like this Monday, I haven't talked to Greg, Teresa, or John yet, but I'm going to propose instead of having classes that Monday, we're just going to have heats running from you know 4:30 to 7:30 for the most part of 18:1. It's a 20-minute workout. It'll probably take 10 minutes in between each heat. So instead of having a class with a warm-up and then telling everybody what to do and then getting the first heat going and then having them reset and getting the second heat going and then being late for the next class to start, we'll just have running heats throughout the afternoon. You guys can pop in and pop out when you want to. But and you'll keep like a, a warm up on the board. Yeah, there'll be something. Something will be given out, and we'll we'll help you to the best of our ability. But really, if you don't know what's going on prior to coming in, it's going to be a harder day since there's not 
going to be much like group moving through each of these things. So what that means is you need to make sure you understand the movement standards prior to coming in. Uh, their posts are in CrossFit. I'll probably post them in the Facebook group every night as well. But the important part of that is sometimes the standards aren't the same as they've been in the gym or as they've as they've been with certain gym coaches, things like that. It, it's always changing in a way. It's just a way of making it easier to judge. So if you're not sure of the standard, you need to know it prior to coming in because the worst thing that can happen is 12 minutes in this workout, I finally find out you're doing something incorrectly and your judge didn't know it either. I'm going to come over and start no-repping you. You're going to get upset with me in the middle of it, get really pissed off, and then your score is going to get even worse. Uh, and since it's a 20 minute workout, it's not something you can just reset and redo. So if you are trying to do something different, weird, abnormal, show it to me, show it to your judge. If either of you don't know, ask one of the coaches, that's both the coaches and make sure the movement you're doing is going to be, you know, kosher for the day. Make sure you're not going to find out midway through that what you thought was to standard actually isn't, um, that can save a lot of heartache on both of our ends. Yep, that makes that makes sense. If you're going to be judging, also, your goal as the judge is simply to judge. You're going to tell them one, two, three, or no rep, so that they're aware that the last rep they did was indeed a no rep. Because if you're like one, two, three, and then they do a rep, it's a no rep, then they do another rep, it's a no rep, then they do a third rep, and you say four, they're going to think you just gypped them and there's going to be a problem because they didn't know those first two were incorrect. So make sure you're very vocal. And if you have a hard time with this, which some people do, it's okay. It's not a bad thing. Just try not to judge. It's, it's not going to be, I'm not going to be like, you have to judge or else. If you get nervous about it or you don't think you have the capacity to say no to somebody like that, just say that it's okay. We'll have somebody else do it. Some people greatly enjoy judging. And they're <laughs> they really love, good at it. They love telling you no rep. That, it, that's fine. That's yeah. cool. I actually think judging is is good for you as an athlete as well. You get to watch get to the see. movement and you can kind of see. Oh, that's I need to do my squats lower or my toes to bars. Whatever it is, you can apply it to yourself. I personally hate judging, and the reason being is because I'm a coach. My goal is, as a coach isn't necessarily to say you suck or you didn't do it to standard or something of that nature. My goal is to help you get to that. So if you fail to do something to standard, the next words out of my mouth are going to be something that will hopefully help you make it to standard on the next one, not reiterating how you just failed to make the standard on the last rep. Although that can sometimes teach some athletes how to make the standard by telling them, hey, you're not making the standard. A lot of times, if you're not making the standards because you didn't know how or you weren't even aware you weren't. And so. Yeah, and that's not the time and place to be doing that. You'll see me trying to stay out of the coaching role so I can move around and watch the whole group for the most part. I validate everything. So when you guys do your workout, you guys get your score, you enter it. I then have to go back through, check out your scorecard, make sure what you entered was indeed correct, and then click validate to allow your score to be posted on the game site. Um, awesome. Our affiliate's reputation and everything like that is on the line with this. So if we we're validating scores that are incorrect or you post a video of you doing the workout that I validated as truth but looks like shit, then we end up getting the flack for that. And so you'll see me kind of sometimes get my panties in a wad because you guys aren't <laughs> yes. doing the movements to standard 
but it's because I want you guys to, and I don't want us to get in trouble. So bear with us on that. Yeah, no problem. Um, one thing that you said that uh, I thought would be important to share with uh, the rest of the our team here is uh, if you are going to do the workout twice, yeah. that first time, what do you got to do? Oh, uh, yeah. Guys, if you're going to be doing it twice or you know you're going to be doing it twice, never half-ass any attempt that you do. Uh, what I mean by that is if you know on Saturday you're going to do it and then you're going to come back in on Monday and you're doing it on Saturday, you're moving through it and midway through you're just not feeling it, no, 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 no. You, you have to keep fucking going. You're doing it like it's the only only one you're actually going to do. What might happen, and has happened in the past to some people, is you do it on Saturday and you get halfway through it and you're like, cool, I'm good. I'm not going to go all the way. I'm not going to do the full 20 minutes. I'm just going to do 10 minutes. I got six rounds. Fucking on board to do 12. It's going to be the best score in Southeast. I'm great. And then on Monday, you go in. On round three, you tear your hand on the toes to bar. Right. And you're done. And now, mentally, you're just not set up to do eight more rounds with a torn hand. And shit, that's going to be a rough workout. And yeah. this, this is something that's so easily avoidable. If you just put in a solid effort on Saturday and you accidentally rip your hand at the very end of that one, well, shit, you just got a great workout in. You, you put in the full effort, and Monday you have no stress. You can come in to your other people on tell them or teach them what you did to do well, right. things like that. It, it, we did one workout. It was two years ago or three years ago with a time gate. Um, you had to do X amount of work in four minutes, and you got extra four minutes, and another X amount of work in four minutes. And we stopped at eight minutes. Even though we made the time gate, we stopped at eight minutes. And on Monday when we redid it, uh, the guy I was doing it with didn't make it out of the eight minutes. Even though he had time on Saturday and we just didn't want to go further, he didn't make it on Monday, and so his score ended up not being as good as he thought it would be. Right. So give your best attempt. Every uh, time. Every time. And uh, prepare Sunday night, have a good, a, a nice meal, a good night's sleep, and come in on Monday and crush it. Guys, if you know at work Monday is hard, it's just a hard day. You're usually tired, and you're really hoping to do well in the open. They come in on Saturday and do it during open gym. There will be people in here doing it. Uh, it. It should be a fun time on Saturday as well. But don't, if you think there's an inkling of a chance that something's going to happen to prevent you from getting in on Monday, come in on Saturday or even get it done today. I don't know if many people will be as gun ho about it today, but so, sometimes people are. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's great. I think yeah. that's a lot of a lot of stuff for uh, the team to chew on. Guys, get excited for the open. Yeah, this is great. It's great. Get uh, toes bars out of the way. Twenty minutes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Twenty minutes. All right. Well, thanks, guys. See you on the whiteboard.